0: It's time.
1: We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational.
2: And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. Yeah, and you still like
1: me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You are all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it.
3: Uh, Longtime Fox News
0: contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We
1: have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do.
2: It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director
1: of Governmental
2: Affairs for the
1: American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game.
0: This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life
3: radio talk show host.
1: Some things are worth fighting for.
3: The award for most original question of the week so far goes to Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, who's the only uh, Republican woman on the Judiciary Committee and yet is still trying to figure out what that word means.
4: Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context so i'm you not believe a biologist the meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me hold a definition
3: on. hold on i know the answer you are a horrible woman is that <laughs> and of course then can't prove through how to get on all the action
1: yeah so that's jimmy kimmel uh Marsha blackburn is a horrible woman because she asked <laughs> Katanji uh, Brown Jackson if uh, she could define the word woman. It was a pretty stunning uh, exchange. And, of course, it all, all goes to the heart of this whole gender controversy about bathrooms and uh, children changing their gender and all of that. So this is a very significant question that Katanji Brown Jackson refused to answer. And I think a thing that strikes me over and over again, I, I just can't help but remember that beautiful smile that sweet countenance her initial announcement uh, about how much church meant to her uh, when she started this um this nomination process and then the things that have come out of her uh, have been shocking to me and upsetting and i don't you know i'm thinking i was just thinking the supreme court now has um uh, well she they will have uh, when she is um you know she will get nominated no doubt about it cuz the republicans with the exception of a few are not really pushing back very hard and so um we'll have one of each color of black of a uh, female leftists. We have a, we'll have um Hispanic uh, who's the other one? Okay, I just oh oh uh yeah, so we have yeah, we have white, Hispanic and now we'll have black. They're all leftists. Yeah. So that's what we're supposed to be excited about and the conservative black nominees were blackballed by, you know, Joe Biden and the others, Dick Durbin—it's just a pretty, pretty hypocritical. Yeah, but that's kind of an overused word, isn't it? But I think the thing that disturbs me really about Kataji Brown Jackson is just her hypocrisy as a professing believer. She really wore that on her sleeve, and I, I just think that's um, that's upsetting because of the way she has uh, d- uh, responded to pornography child pornography violators and reduce their sentences. In fact, this morning, Mike Davis, who was our guest yesterday, wrote this out. This kind of helps you. This is just one case. In 2013, Wesley Hawkins pled guilty to possession of child pornography. The recommended prison time, the sentencing guidelines were 97 to 121 months. The prosecutor asked for 24 months uh, and then probation of 18 months Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson sentenced him to just three months in prison, and he went on later in 2019 to reoffend. So, you know, what's going on with this? What is going on with this? You cannot say that this is just Christian compassion. This is dangerous. It almost lends itself, again, to the leftist narrative of mainstreaming pedophilia. That's what goes through my mind. And when you see that um, she did not distance herself from uh, the— prep school that she's in. It's this pre-K through 12 school where she's on the board, the Georgetown Day School. They've looked into this school. It promotes the most radical kinds of things. I think you probably saw Ted Cruz pointing out this one book. Well, this is just one of several books, but it's called Racist Babies. And Racist Baby in the text is supposed to apologize for being a racist It's uh, it's it's really ridiculous. If it weren't so frightening, what they're actually embracing, and of course, she claimed that she didn't know. She doesn't know anything about that. She doesn't, you know. And it looks like Georgetown Day School is saturated with this very thing. All of it. They brag about its curriculum. Uh, They talk about exploring reproductive reproductive justice that has to do with abortion. Uh, They did a grade uh, ninth grade seminar on flagship social justice that serves as a launching pad for g d s that's Georgetown day school high school education there's a there is so much on this, but anti racism is just kind of the theme in there, and it's social justice and critical race theory, and we know that Kataji Brown Jackson made a speech just not long ago at the University of Chicago where she talked about how critical race theory is woven into law, and she claims she didn't really know much about it didn't intersect with her work as a judge and that 's just a lie that 's all I know how to call it and so but we go back to. Jimmy Kimmel calling up uh, Marsha Blackburn, you know, a terrible woman because she asked Katanji Jackson-Brown if she could divine a woman. And Katanji Jackson-Brown said, "I, oh, no, I can't, I can't do that. And so that leads me to um, another accusation or confrontation that Marsha Blackburn had with her. This is clip seven, Devin. Let's listen to this one.
4: I, with Georgetown Day School, I found it astounding that it teaches kindergartners five-year-old children, and I've got grandchildren, and they teach them that they can choose their gender. So is this what you were praising when you applauded the, and I'm quoting you, transformative power of Georgetown Day School's progressive education? Do you agree that our schools should teach children that they can choose their gender? Senator, I'm not um, remembering exactly what quote you're um, referencing, but Georgetown Day School is a... It was in a a book, and you gave the quote. Georgetown Day School is a private school that... All right, I'm going to interrupt you. She she doesn't answer. She has no idea.
1: She has no idea. She wrote a forward, uh, you know, a comment. Listen, I've been asked to do this a lot where I endorse a book and I write you know, a sentence at the beginning of it. And uh, I certainly know the author. I don't ever do that unless I know the author, and I'm sure uh, that what they've written is not something that uh, contradicts my personal convictions on moral issues. So trust me, you don't do that and then not remember. But she doesn't remember. And that just that's very uh, upsetting. It's upsetting as a Christian, I have to say. I have less patience for people who profess their faith in Christ uh, who then— act in a way that is so contrary to that, like Joe Biden, you know, I'm a Catholic, but uh, he does the worst, most egregious things on the issue of life. It's very offensive. Uh, It's apostasy. And um, I'm sorry, I'm not having it. I would rather give me a pagan any day. I've got a lot more patience with them. But they have a lot of anti-racist resources in that school, and so she's just not telling the truth. But according to Dick Durbin, and I've already described to you my great esteem for Dick Durbin, I told you what an incredible liar he is. Well, could would maybe you'd like a, an example of that. So he takes the podium after the hearing yesterday, and um, and he's got the, the other— Lead, leading uh, Democratic senators behind him, and this is what he says in response to Blackburn's challenge to Ketanji Brown Jackson, uh, Ted Cruz's a challenge, Josh Hawley's a challenge on the sentencing on porno- uh, pornographic child pornography offenders, uh, and this is Durbin's take on it. Clip four:
5: Grace and dignity and strength uh, we saw from Judge Jackson. I mean, first it's an ordeal, ar- as I mentioned to go two straight days with that kind of questioning in any circumstance. But then to face four or five on the Republican side who were just vicious in their attacks on her. Vicious. Uh, There was a promise that they were going to treat her with respect. Obviously, four or five of our colleagues didn't get the memo. Uh, And what they did to her and tried to do to her, uh, I I really thought we would be on that in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, She handled it professionally and did it with great grace and uh, determination to make her case to the American people. I think the American people believe she's the right person for the job. I do. She has the background in terms of experience and education. She has uh, been faced with judicial challenges successfully throughout her career Uh, and I think the president knows he made the right choice for the job. She's going to make history and for some who are opposing her it's a bitter pill to accept this kind of a change in America. But it's been long overdue. And uh, I just want to commend her, especially her family, who stood by her through this whole ordeal with the committee, sat in the room, and listened to the terrible things they had to say about her. Uh, we're going to work hard to make sure that she's approved. We hope we have bipartisan support, which is the most common question i receive from the press. Uh, but not, I haven't. Uh, that many s- single senator on the other side has told me they're going to vote for her yet. I wanted to wait until the hearings were complete.
1: All right, the vicious, oh my goodness, the Republicans, these vicious attacks on Kataji Brown Jackson. Uh, did you watch any of it or hear any clips that I pay, play? Did you hear anything vicious? They were respectful questions. Um, and he said, um, We thought we, <laughs> Durbin says, I thought we were way beyond that, way beyond that kind of questioning. She's about to make history, and people are just, you know, worried about this kind of change in America. Well, listen, the kind of change he's inferring, of course, is race, because that's what he always does. He's been doing it for decades. The kind of change that's got people alarmed is her position on the issues, is her lack of candor, is her disingenuousness, and her apparent leftism that's just appalling. And yeah, that kind of change in America, not ready for that, resisting, not happy about it. So, um, so that, uh, that was that. And then, um, That was Durbin. And that reminded me, you know, in the past, uh, Democrats have kind of gone after Republican nominees. I think of uh, Bork. Most of you don't remember Judge Bork, but that was the first time. No, it wasn't. Clarence Thomas, what they did to him uh, was just amazing. And so just to kind of give you an idea, uh, someone has prepared a montage. I think this was from Fox. And it gives you an idea of the kinds of things that were thrown at, for instance, Brett Kavanaugh. This is clip eight. Let's listen.
0: Let's look at uh, Beach Week Ralph Club biggest contributor. What does the word Ralph mean in that? Uh, that probably refers to
4: uh, throwing up. You're saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened. That's- so you were not as uh, sloppy drunk and so your roommate was lying. In your yearbook,
5: uh, you talked about drinking. And sexual
1: exploits, did you not? Yeah, so the Kavanaugh, I mean, there's no proof of any of that. I mean, I doesn't, he could have probably did drink when he was at Georgetown. That's not the point. But the way they characterized it, you talk about accusations and insulting. And, of course, it got much worse than that. And that's just a standard fare for the Democrats grilling the Republican candidates. But Ted Cruz, I think, summed up what's happened this last few days very well last night on Fox. And let's, let's end this segment with that. This is clip three.
3: Well, listen, she is probably the first Supreme Court nominee in the history of our country who who is unable to answer the question, what is a woman? And, 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 uh, you know, her record, unfortunately, I think, is far outside the mainstream. And, and, And there's a real difference. You played clips of the Democrats sliming Republican nominees, going personal, going into the gutter, going after their character. If you look at the hearing the last two days, the questions that Republicans focused on were her record, and in particular her judicial record. If you look at her record as a federal judge in criminal cases, in particularly cases concerning child pornography, over and over and over again, she gives incredibly lenient sentences. In every single case where she had discretion in a child pornography case, She gave dramatically lower sentences than the sentencing guidelines provide for and then the prosecutor asked for. And and both yesterday and today, I tried to give her an opportunity to explain herself and and she couldn't explain herself. You know, one of the most egregious cases, what what was a case, the Hawkins case, where, where you had a defendant who had graphic videos of little boys, 11 years old, 10 years old, as young as eight years old, being violently sexually assaulted by adult males and she gave that defendant a slap on the wrist of three months in jail. The guidelines provided for 10 years, the prosecutors wanted a long, long sentence, and she gave that defendant three months, and she had no explanation as to why, and the Democrats just kept getting upset, saying, how dare you focus on her actual record, you know, I think the American people are concerned whether we'll have a Supreme Court justice that's going to follow no. the law.
1: Yes, or- I have to interrupt him because of the time here, but uh, you get the gist of it. And Ted says he will not, Senator Cruz says he will not support her, and he doesn't think many Republicans will. But they have, I think, all 50 de- Democrats. So, So here we are. This is why we're in the situation we're in. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
2: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today we pray for Dennis Alvord, Deputy Assistant Secretary for Economic Development. His office promotes innovation and competitiveness, preparing American regions for growth and success. 2 Corinthians 9-6 reminds us of the importance of economic investment. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Dennis Alvord in his role in economic development. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
4: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we're joining together to Pray the Vote. Details at pausedopray.org.
0: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting Starnes to the number 49596. Home Depot wants to fix white people and Christians. The home improvement chain released a worksheet about white privilege. It was posted in the break room of a Canadian Home Depot. If you're confident the police exist to protect you, well, you have white privilege. Home Depot also called out class privilege for you folks who went to college, cisgender privilege for you people who know your pronouns, and if you get off for Christmas Day, Home Depot says you have Christian privilege. They also called out able-bodied privilege and heterosexuals. Now, some of you might say, what privilege? You're working two jobs, living in a rental, driving a 10-year-old car? Well, according to Home Depot, white privilege does not mean your life has not been hard. It means the color of your skin has nothing to do with the reason you're buying off-brand cookies at Kroger. Fortunately, all of you white, heterosexual, able-bodied Christian fixer-uppers have the privilege of buying your power tools someplace else. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning
6: on American Family Radio. Republican Mesa County Clartina Peters was booked Wednesday afternoon after turning herself in to face a grand jury indictment, seven felonies and three misdemeanors. Her deputy clerk, Belinda Nicely, there too, booked on six charges in that same indictment. Mesa County Republican DA Dan Rubenstein says these are likely the only charges they'll face, but...
3: We do still have a parallel investigation going with the uh, FBI uh, into some devices, and that might uh, change uh, you and know, add some additional people.
6: Peters and Nicely's conduct is linked to the spring of 2021, in the lead-up to an election security software upgrade required by the Secretary of State. They're accused of concocting a plot to copy the hard drives of the county's election machines before that upgrade, a copy of which ended up online along with passwords months later. Nicely is accused of getting all the surveillance cameras in the elections office shut off days before the upgrade, she says at the Order of Peter's. The indictment says the pair recruited a man named Gerald Wood to come on as a temporary employee. Wood's involvement is important in this because his badge was used to access the computers. And Peters introduced a man that she was with as Gerald Wood the day the state came in to do the upgrade. But Wood told the grand jury he was only in the office for a day, turned in his badge at the end of the day and wasn't there when his badge was used in the alleged conduct. It seems he was set up uh, as a stooge here so that she could sneak somebody else Uh, into the facility to be able to uh, obtain the image. Matt Crane is the executive director of the County Clerks Association and the former Republican clerk from Arapahoe County. He agrees with the charges, stopping short of calling for Peter's resignation, which he says is up to her community. For, you know, the other clerks in the state who did the right thing, um, you know, there's a there's a sense of uh, relief. There is a sense of, um, in some ways, vindication. A couple of moments before we got word that Peters had turned herself in, her campaign for Secretary of State released a lengthy statement calling the charges politically motivated and an attempt to remove a strong challenger from the race against Democratic Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. Griswold herself described Peters' actions as an insider attack against election security.
1: All right, that was a report from CBS for Denver recently because Tina Peters was arrested recently. And you may recall that we talked with Tina uh, in great detail on November the 24th. So a lot has happened in that time. And I want (laughs) to, in spite of what CBS has just said, let me remind you, if you remember that interview, Tina, uh, again, was the Mesa County Clerk of Election. She still is. And in that capacity, her in her past, she uh, had a son, Dakota, I think his first name was, and he was a a special forces um, service member who died in combat. And so she's a Gold Star mom, uh, Patriot. And uh, this whole thing started because she was questioning what she was saying with these uh, Dominion machines. And so um, the FBI, you will recall, those of you that heard the interview, raided her home. uh, And that's when it all started. They came after her finances. They accused her of all kinds of things, and you can hear the CBS report. I mean, it, is it true that she, you know, concocted this plot, you know, to go in and mess with the elections in Mesa County? Or is there more to this? Tina is now running for secretary of state, and that's part of the story, too. But it's time that we track back with Tina and find out exactly her side of the story, because I don't think you're going to hear it in the media. I just don't think you're going to. And so, Tina, it's very early in Colorado. We appreciate you getting up to talk to us this morning. Thank you.
2: Good morning sandy yes that's uh just like the the uh the mainstream media you're not going to hear the truth there, so I really appreciate you having me on to share with the listeners the truth
1: well let's let's go back now. This is very complicated <laughs> i don't need to tell you, and you're talking to people all <laughs> over the country, so they're not watching Colorado news. This is all new to them or for the most part uh, so um you were. You told me last time we talked that this particular um, district attorney, Dan Rubenstein, uh, was making life very difficult. He was actually with the FBI when they raided your home. Isn't that right?
2: Uh, He was. There were four different locations where they were raiding simultaneously. And as you know, America's mom, uh, Sharona Bishop, was one of them. And my chief deputy, bless her heart. I mean, we're both 66 years old. I mean, we don't even have a speeding ticket, a traffic ticket you know, have never done, had any kind of critical history or past. And she was, you know, all of us have been raided and in an effort to fish and find uh, information because they really didn't have, and the indictment now proves out, Sandy, that they really did not have anything legal to, uh, to attack me on, but they have consistently tried to find something. Well,
1: and so to to answer my own question, because you jogged my memory there, so I think Dan Rubenstein was there at Sharona's house. I think she was part of the. uh, He was part of the raiding FBI team, and that was kind of shocking to her. And so, but it was the same morning that your home was raided. All right. So in the ensuing, uh, there's a huge controversy here, Tina. Uh, You know, I because I'm I know the story. I understand some of this, but some people will not. And a lot of Republicans feel that in your duties as the clerk of elections in Mesa County, that you did something illegal. And so I, let's go back to just the actual nut of this story. What started all of this? This is the election of 2020. And, and I don't, as I recall, you aren't, you aren't even particularly political. I mean, you don't even have a, a bias toward machines, right?
2: Voting machines? No, you don't have no. any preconceived notion? No, and the- as a matter of fact, it, in my office, as long as someone can do the job, I never check to see what party they're affiliated with, um, you know, and it's been it's just been incredible. We literally, you know, the story about in World War II, the flak that was sent up when they were right over the target. That's exactly what's happened with me, um, you know, and, and both Democrat and Republican voters have seen the rush software updates and the midnight vote counting and the lawsuits, the drop boxes that have been stuffed, all these things that have gone on, and voter trust is is damaged um, like never before. But um, so in 2021, when the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, uh, using the infamous Dominion voting uh, software, began a uh, software, what they called an update. And it's funny how they, how evil cloaks in, in righteous sounding words. They called it the Trusted, up, uh, uh, trusted Build. And this software update uh, deleted 29... In the first report, we have three reports now done by brilliant, brilliant um, cyber forensic experts. The first report actually deleted 29,000 election records, Sandy. Re- election records that show how you got to the result, actually how you got to the election result, completely obliterated, which would prevent anyone from coming in and doing an audit of the election. And I, you know, I knew from talking to a, a, a Dominion employee, me and, and my chief deputy, and I believe there's one or two other uh, um, of my employees on the call. And he said that there was going to be records deleted. And in Colorado, by law, I'm required to keep election records t- for 25 months, and the federal law says 22 months. So I um, I was suspicious of it. I asked to have uh, press in. I asked to have the citizens in to observe the software update, to which I was emphatically told no.
1: Yeah, so, and then you saw, uh, my understanding is, You saw some other things, just some tangible things that made you think something's not right here. As I recall, it's something about uh, an election, uh, a local election, where uh, some Democrats won handily and they were not well known. And it was a very strongly Republican
2: area. And you just thought that was odd. Is that right? That's correct. It wasn't the 2020 election, Sandy, because, you know, we won in our county. Our county is a very conservative county. And so it's not unusual for Republicans. And actually, de- people that are Democrats will change their affiliating, affiliation to Republican in order to win um, in our county. But I remember the GOP chair coming to me and saying, you know, Tina, I know that we won Colorado uh, for President Trump. He said, but not as much as we should have. And that kind of stuck in my head. But, you know, I really had no reason to investigate. Um, this was not a fishing expedition, in other words. But in 2021, like you said, there were four, uh, uh, school, um, sorry, I started to say school board because we were fighting for that too, but there were four uh, municipal uh, candidates for the city council that, um, that lost. And that's when everybody said, this did not happen. I pulled the results at 7 p.m., Sandy, and I go, there's no way that these people lost. And in fact, one of the, one of a, 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 um, a citizen was sitting next to a, uh, the, 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 one of the candidates and heard his campaign manager say, Hey, you won. And that was, that was uh, almost 30 minutes before I'd even pulled the results. So there was no way anyone could know. And it's by law against the law for me to even know. So the, this started. And then, um, people kept bringing me if you know their doubts and and information about uh the election's process they were going door to door canvassing and such and i said you know if there's a there there we'll find it and um that's when it, a month later after that election that's when they were coming in to do this so-called trusted build and i decided like any person any any rational person that was going to do a major update on their computer they would up, They would back up their files in case something went wrong right so of that's course. what I did yep that's what I did, and then we did another one after they did this day and a half software update on our election system. It's called the election management system, the ems so you know you were completely right. The third report just came out just a few days ago, and it it shows vote manipulation and people all over the country now. Are vindicated in their uh, in their belief that the elections uh, were stolen. So we've got report number one that the the that was unauthorized software that was uploaded onto the machine and twenty nine thousand election records deleted. Uh, the second report that shows that there were thirty six wireless devices. Now now Matt Crane, um, who I heard in that in that interview, Matt Crane had told us for years he used to be the CCA president. And we've been lied to for years saying that according to statute, which it is statute, that those, that equipment has to be standalone. It cannot be connected to the internet, nor have any capability to be connected to the internet. And when in fact we found out there's 36 wireless devices and they can be, uh, they can actually be um, contacted through a cell phone. That's how, that's ha- how, uh, insecure these systems are, and um, it's just it's just outrageous. So they're coming after me um, to well, try to let, shut let me, me for, up.
1: Yeah, let, let, I want to I want to really drill down on that in a second. But let me let me stay on this for a second because uh, in a I I was in a briefing yesterday about what's going on in what they found in this report. Uh, and and it seems to me this is my elementary way of putting it. It's like they created like two sets of books. Like they there was one voting log, uh, and then they sort of wiped out part of that, and then started a new voting log. And it was uh, and you should have known all of that, but you didn't know any of that, did you?
2: There was no way for me to know, or any other clerk in Colorado to know, or throughout the country what they're doing because they're doing it through the back door. And and I just wanted to back up one thing that I heard on that. As well, they talked about that we turned off the cameras. Well, what's being done is through the back end. It's not something you would see on the front end. And the reason that we turned off the cameras is by law, Election Rule 20.19.2 says that we need to have the cameras on 60 days before an election and 30 days after. Well, we had finished the municipal election on April 6th. So we had 30 days after that to turn turned the cameras off which we did on May 17th, uh, well, well past uh, 30 days after the election, and had instructed them to turn it on the beginning of August, which would have been a month before we were required to. So they're trying to create this, this um, scenario that makes it look very nefarious of what we did. And this wasn't even during an election. This is a software upgrade that, that most of the clerks in Colorado, according to a call I was on, didn't even know or didn't even have their cameras on, as it's not required by law. So they're twisting—they're so, twisting things to make it look like there was criminality.
1: Yes, and that you concocted this and this plot. Yeah, let me now, Dominion, um, when they came in to do the update, was that Dominion
2: employees? It was the Secretary of State employees, uh, uh, supervised by Dominion employees. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. And the Trusted Build, <laughs> that's the name of it. Uh, I get, did they do that in all of, the, all of the counties in Colorado?
2: They did. They did. And yeah. they threatened anyone that, that would not let them come in to do it, that they would have to do it anyway and have to uh, then, at their own expense, ship their equipment to the Secretary of State to have it done. So this was okay. a forced um, yeah, event. So let me just, uh,
1: we we have to take a break, but I just want to kind of restate this. What Tina did was, when she knew they were going to wipe out this data, because she is by statute in Colorado, supposed to keep all the information for 25 months, she did a backup copy of the information before they wiped it out. And then after they installed Trusted Build, she uh, did a uh, picture, whatever you do, captured the data. Uh, for what was uh, in place after that. And that is actually what enabled uh, the uh, experts who went into the study what exactly was happening in those machines uh, to come w- up with their conclusions. So she's kind of like a double, a double enemy, number one and two, because she has created a monster for uh, Dominion. Empl- uh, the Dominion machines are everywhere, and they have sued everybody under the sun Mike Lindell, um, uh, I'm just uh, everybody, Rudy Giuliani, and really. Uh, Everyone, uh, they've just scared everyone The networks, the news outlets, uh, newspapers uh, From printing anything about uh, the fault line in the Dominion machine So when we come back, we want to talk more about what's happening with Tina personally Because the intrigue grows It doesn't stop there, it just continues And we'll be right back with Tina Peters Who's, by the way, running for Secretary of State now in Colorado This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk
0: After Jesus returns and the Battle of Armageddon is over, what will be next on God's prophetic timeline? This week on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares what the Bible says about the second coming of Christ and the Millennial Kingdom. Join us as we continue the series, Perfect Ending, all this week on Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Weekday mornings at 6 Central on American Family Radio.
4: This is Jan Markell, and next on Understanding the Times Radio, I talked to Pastor Billy Crone about the Lord's glorious return in the rapture for His church. This is not the second coming, as some insist. There are two returns. But for the catching away of the church, you must be ready. You must be a child of the King to qualify. That's next on Understanding the Times Radio. Saturday
0: afternoon at 1 Central and Sunday afternoon at noon Central on American Family Radio.
6: For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Buzz Aldrin is the famed astronaut who planted the American flag on the moon and explored it for some 21 hours. What many don't know, however, is what Mr. Aldrin did to commemorate the moon landing. Aldrin, a committed Christian and elder in his local church, Mark the incredible occasion by celebrating Holy Communion. The first meal ever eaten on the moon was a celebration of the Lord's table, a lunar declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and soon coming King. That is pretty cool. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family
0: Association.
7: Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who is it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org.
3: This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Senators have established that Catania Brown Jackson is unfit to serve on the Supreme Court. Will the majority of them now spare us the damage she would do there? Under cross examination, Judge Jackson has signaled that she has not merely a problematic judicial philosophy, but a radical ideological agenda. Her mask, has slipped, revealing an actual admirer of the Marxist's subversive divide-and-conquer strategy known as critical race theory, a slavish devotee of leftist identity politics, and a reflexive advocate for especially odious criminals, namely terrorists and child sex offenders. Some Republican senators previously voted to put her on an appellate court bench. They are now on notice that she would not only be a hard leftist justice, it is predictable that if confirmed, she will radicalize what is today a minority of the court, but possibly a future majority. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy
0: Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
4: Basic County court Tina Peters is making headlines once again. See, last week she was arrested in Grand Junction. This week... She's running for secretary of state. That position oversees our elections. Peters is being investigated right now for tampering with election equipment and releasing sensitive passwords on social media. Peters' announcement said that the integrity of elections has been undermined and she would prioritize people over politics. Current Secretary Gina Griswold, who is running for reelection, said Colorado needs someone who will not embrace conspiracies and risk the right to vote. It's very concerning that someone who has embraced election denialism and even went so far as to allow her voting equipment to be compromised uh, would throw uh, her head in the ring to become Colorado secretary of state. Griswold's other Republican challengers include former Jefferson County clerk Pam Anderson and two political newcomers, David Winnie and Mike O'Donnell. That was an
1: unbiased report, wasn't it? (laughs) This is what is happening. To any conservative around the country. And I hope that you can identify it. Although a lot of people are so persuaded by the news. And it just takes one phrase. And of course, Tina has been, Tina Peters, who was our guest this morning, has been demonized thoroughly by the press in Colorado. She is a, she is a candidate for Secretary of State. That was the voice of Jenna Griswold, who is the current Secretary of State. We're going to talk about the intrigue between the two of them in a minute. Uh, Pam Anderson, who is the other Republican candidate, now we find out, was the one who is cur- currently running the um, Mark Zuckerberg a uh, whole election works that we've talked about so much, the Zuckbuck Zuck dollars uh, that swung the election for sure in Georgia and other states, these uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars that he spent recruiting Democratic workers and recruiting Democratic voters. And so the Republican candidate in the race, besides Tina, is Pam Anderson. She's the one running that in Colorado. Just go figure. So that's how twisted this all has become. And then you have the, uh, the chairman of the Republican uh, Party in Colorado releasing a letter asking Tina to step down just really moments, minutes, hours before she was arrested. And so now I'll be quiet because Tina can tell her story better than I can. Tina, do uh, you want to re- respond to that report that I just played before we get into the details of your arrest and what happened?
2: Well, I'll tell you, that was a great synopsis, Sandy, of what's been going on. They are ruthless. It's almost like, uh, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, had, he's been involved in this from the beginning. They know that we have cut, o- <clears throat> excuse me, cut open the underbelly of this dragon. And this is, this is, um, good versus evil. Uh, to just give you an example, the, uh, Jenna Griswold and her, uh, uh you know, and the person, the elector that that is, has filed lawsuits against me, uh, Jeannie Hess um, is, is an avowed Satanist. And so these are, these are evil, evil people, and they want to keep their, their game going. They've been, I, I keep telling people, these people in power have been selected, not elected. They've been manipulating your, uh, your voting machines and, and changing your votes. And I can prove it. We have the reports to prove it, but, um, and right now in, and you're right, um, uh, Pam Anderson is director of CTCL. It's a center for tech and civic life. And people can go on there and see for themselves, techandciviclife.org. It's a Zuckerberg foundation. Also Rockefeller Brothers, Google are ones that are a rock the vote or ones that fund this. Uh, $330 million was put into this fund. Uh, the um, uh, former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman has put out a report uh, accusing them of serious election bribery, and she is the director. So here's what they've done: they've got either Jenna Griswold, who is the who is a radical leftist, a uh, Soros-funded operative, or you can pick Pam Anderson, who is Zucker Zuckerbuck, we call him, and uh, and and you know this type of funding to defeat. Um, so so it looks good on the outside, which evil a lot of times does, and that's why on February 14th. Valentine's Day. I decided to run for office because I said we have got to stop this. Um, so I just pray that these that people's eyes will be opened and the scales will fall from their eyes to see what's really going on here. So as far as the personal attacks, um, you know, they have gone in and completely tried to to get me to stop to to just be quiet, sit down, and go away. They went in. My my husband of thirty six years. Um, I he uh, they went into the nursing home that he has advanced dementia and parkinsons they went into the nursing home had him sign divorce papers the day after my home was raided uh where they rifled through my late uh, navy seal son's um um after effects from his body uh pictures graphic photos of his body after his act, after the, his, his death and um they know no bounds they even my dad while I was in while I was in jail. So they arrested me, threw me in jail, Sandy, for uh, and my my um, my bond was five hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars. Even murderers do not have that kind of bond, and um, and said I was a flight risk. They uh, the night I was in jail, uh, I was spent thirty hours in jail on a one inch uh, thick plastic mattress with no sheet, a barely a cover. Um, it was five other women and a toilet on a wet concrete floor. My chief deputy was in in a little bit larger cell with nine other women uh, in the same conditions. We're both 66 years old, I mean, with no criminal history, and um, this is the kind of thing. But, you know, God sends his people no matter where we are. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. People everywhere are coming up to me saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And it truly is a a, an, a um, God versus evil battle that we're fighting to take back our country. And right now, after this third report, we're working to get injunctions um, against using this equipment because they will cheat in the 2020 election. So I'll stop right there, and um, I mean I can tell you more of the things they've done to me to try to get me to stop, but it makes me even more determined. I mean, God, I'm not afraid to die. You know, I mean, if this is if this is the path that, that God's chosen for me, I'm not afraid. But people need to wake up. People out there in your listening audience need to know that this is going on, and this is the biggest cover up in in our history.
1: Tina, remind me, the name your your son's name was. Just I loved his
2: Remington. name, Remington. Remington Jordan Peters. Remington Jordan <laughs> Peters. Yes, right. he was. So, he was in the SEAL team. Yes.
1: Yeah. So the reason I wanted to highlight that again because when I think of you, I I think of his death on the battlefield. I think of the courage it took for him to be a Navy SEAL, and then I think of his mom facing all of this persecution, and facing it with such courage. And, uh, listen, I I, think, I don't think you would mind me saying on your behalf that it, this has been really tough. This has not been easy. Mm-hmm. And I think there have been times, I'm, I'm assuming there have been times when you thought it was just too much. I mean, I think when you were in jail, they actually called you when your father died. They actually yeah. sent someone to call all your family uh, to, to make sure they thought they were accusing you of fabricating your father's death. And they called what multiple siblings and all kinds of people and very disturbing kinds of uh, conversations. And they actually called the wrong family, accusing them also. I don't, that's just the, that's a weird twist. They, they were trying to pr- say, I think, right, that the, your father had not really died, that you had fabricated that? It, the,
2: that was one of the things. They, they, um, and they accused, they, they um, threatened my sister that if, she, now this is the time, this is just, uh, two days after his death, with me being in jail um, you know finding out the next day my father had died, and they they went after my sister said called my first call my my daughter, asked her about her grandfather's death, then called my ninety three year old mother upset her, and then um, and then called my sister, left her a message, called my other sister, told her that if she didn't return his call, he was going to hold her in contempt and um, called another family who had the same name as my dad, that, it, that their, their loved one had died seven years prior. I mean, they know no bounds. They are, they're rabid. They're evil. They're rabid. They want, they want to bring my head on a platter to, uh, to the globalists and the people that have been hiding this. And I will not, I cannot um, step down. I cannot um, unsee what I've seen, Sandy. Um, this is this is our very country that's in, at stake right now, and they've been cheating for years, um, using these machines. So, yeah, well, it's been difficult. But you know, people ask me; they say, if you, ha- if go- knowing what you've been through, and it's been through a lot more than 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 I've even shared, um, just their constant attacks. If I had to do it over again, yes, I would. This is what God. You know, you have to do what God's called you to do, and. And at the end of all this, I want to hear the words, good and faithful servant.
1: (laughs) And you, no question you will, Tina. I, You know, um, when I've been in other parts of the world where Christians specifically were being targeted for persecution, one of the themes that I will never forget is that many of them told me there was a point in the middle of the persecution where they had terrible fear, terrible fear. Mm -hmm. But when they, like, crossed the Rubicon, and just decided, no, I I have, to be, I have to be who I am, unapologetic, without fear. There was such joy and freedom and power and strength. And that's what I sense in you too, Tina. That's what I hear in your voice. And uh, so I know God's going to be faithful. We don't know what that means. you know. We don't know if you prevail. I guess the question for me is, and I, I can't tell, and I, I'm not sure you can tell, but it, do you think the word is getting out in Colorado
2: about what's really true about you in spite of the media? You know, I I hope so. I mean, you know, bless. I mean, there's such great um uh great patriots. You know, Mike Lindell has been, you know, he's been vindicated with all the things he's been saying about the election. You know, the Lindell Legalist Offense Fund. Um, you know, we're we're asking people support that. Um, my run for for Secretary of State at Tina Peters for Colorado dot com. So you know, there are Steve Bannon's putting out information. Um, the, and, of course, Mike Lindell on Frank's speech has been putting out information. Um, it, it's just, it's a wake-up call for every every American that this could happen to you. If this can happen to a 66-year-old grandma, gold star mom, cancer survivor, you know, a person that just stepped up and said, hey, I want to serve my community and get involved. And, um, you know, the scripture in Isaiah, you know, who will go? Send me and every single person has a a especially during this time has a part to play in these in these end time events and um and I just believe God will be with you in all of this and he 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 encourages me you know he he shows me you know even in jail sandy that and they were so horrible to us in jail and um they would uh, this woman who was a traveling nurse an angel I believe that that was sent to me and she for me and she said, Tina, they're watching me. So I really can't talk to you. But I want to let you know there are people out there that they're saying, do not stop going. This is just a bump in the road. Keep going. And we support you. And that was a nurse that oh. in jail. So it's, you know, God will find you wherever you are and lift you up.
1: Well I can't add into that. I believe that's true too, Tina. And the powerful words from someone who should know. I do want to—we have about two minutes left here. I just want to emphasize on the practical, worldly level here that this particular issue is at the heart of the election fraud of 2020. And Dominion, again, as I started to say, remember, they sued Sidney Powell. They've sued—they've They've frightened everyone to death. They've sued Newsmax, Fox. Fox won't talk about this at all uh, be, because this is kind of the key. There is a lot more election of fraud besides that. But this was kind of the key. There are Dominion machines in all 50 states, but uh, there are machines who work in similar ways. We don't know the extent of all of this, but uh, what Tina was just saying, we just did that interview about what's happening in Wisconsin, and we know that they've found a lot of the same things in Wisconsin uh, and, of of course, in other states as well. This is kind of the key. This is the heart of it. And Tina is unyielding and unbending, and they actually have evidence here. They've gone into the machines. They can actually prove this in a court of law if they have a chance, and that's why she's the object of wrath. Uh, that's why everything is descending on her, and that includes the Republican Party as well, doesn't it, Tina?
2: Yes, it does. And see what they've been doing, and I mentioned this before: is they the are seconds. putting in people. Oh, they're putting in people that uh, say they're Republicans and they're not. They're operatives, and that's what we need to understand. They to keep from from drawing any kind of suspicion. They've they've installed. Democrats and Republicans, but they're really Marxists and they're really meant, to, globalists meant to take down our country.
1: Well, all right. Onward and upward. We fight, don't we? We're not going to give up. And so roll up your sleeves and just know, Tina, that I know thousands of my listeners will be praying for you and helping you in any way that they can. And we, we need to talk sooner. I, it's been too long since you and I talked. So I appreciate your time this early morning in Colorado and God bless and keep and continue to protect you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And so, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.